Welcome everyone to another great episode of the Do Better Dev Show. I'm here with gorgeous Nathan. How oh, you doing, wow. Nathan? I'm feeling so pretty today. Thank <laughs> you. I wasn't, and then I heard the intro, and now I realize I'm, <laughs> I must be looking great. You uh, do. Oh, thanks. How are you, how are you today? <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm just trying to drive some traffic to our YouTube channel. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a little odd, but I was like, you know what? Uh, I'll just play along. Um, yeah, so if you, if you want to see how pretty we are, there's a place yeah. you can do that. It's uh, uh, called YouTube. You might have heard of it. We have videos yeah. there. And, yeah. Uh, we're in And them. they're free. Yeah. Yeah. And since our channel isn't big enough to monetize, you can watch them without ads, I think. No, YouTube's not like that anymore. Oh. They put ads on every video. And if you oh. don't have enough views to monetize it, they just don't pay you for it. Well, that sounds great. <laughs> uh, yeah, it used to be that you didn't have ads unless you monetized it. Uh, or you could turn off ads on your videos. That's no longer a thing. Okay, well, uh, tell enough of your friends to come look at us so that we can get money for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they want to. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you don't even have to turn on the audio. Just like leave it playing in the background. Yeah, we talked about the podcast serving as white noise, but it could also just serve as a visual. Like, like it, it could. Like silent news on the on in the airports. Yeah, exactly. Airports. You walk into office buildings. It's just like two people talking, moving hands, and then it looks like we're professionals. You know, if you're a company and you want to just show like corporate work from home culture, just keep playing this on the TV. Yeah, you don't need your dashboards up on the TVs. Nobody's no. looking at them anyway. Just yeah. do better show, do better dev show on silent. Yeah, and if anybody says anything, you can make a business case that it's a technology podcast at a technology company. I'm thinking these watch numbers. Right yeah, these watch numbers are going to go way up. Way up. Can't wait. Can't wait indeed. Uh, but. Speaking of cool things that might happen, uh, did any cool thing happen to you in the past? Uh, honestly, not really. It's only been like 24 hours, essentially. It's not been long since we last recorded. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess there was a day in between, so 48 hours. So not yeah. a lot has happened in that time. Uh, I do have a cool thing and a wholesome thing, though, because I'm sticking to my, my wholesome commitment. You should. Uh, yeah, but I'll start with the cool thing. So this was something that's been on my radar for a couple of weeks, which is the Galaxy Z Flip. It's a phone, and it's the first folding phone that is actually somewhat like interesting to the point where I would go, oh, I could see why somebody would buy that, as opposed to every other folding phone where they've been just trying to figure out how to make it not terrible. This one, it's essentially like a, it looks like a Pixel 2, except it can fold in half hmm. and has a screen on the outside. When it's folded shut, uh, you can see like your notifications, you can see a weather app, you can see uh, music controls, whatever you need to see there. You can set your widgets on there uh, and then you can just flip it open. And so if you have really shallow pockets or something, I could see that being good uh, where, you know, you got these massive phones and they just don't really fit in pockets anymore. Uh, you can still have that, and instead of doing what most folding phones are trying to do these days, which is take a phone-sized thing and turn it into a tablet-sized thing, they're like, what if I just took a phone-sized thing and make it into a actually portable device that fits in everybody's pockets? 
So it's kind of cool. That's crazy. It's kind of cool, especially because it looks super normal, if, un unless the light catches it weird and you can see like where it creased in the middle. Um, but if the light's shining down on it correctly, it just looks like a normal phone and it just folds in half. Uh, so anyway, that's been mentioned a couple of times on the Waveform podcast, which I keep mentioning on this podcast. Uh, hmm. So it's it's all very incestuous, and this <laughs> uh, this has now come out right before recording this. MKBHD made a official review on the phone, so I will hopefully remember to link that in the hmm. show notes, and people can get a better look at the actual device. Uh, again, I no stake in this at all. I just think it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, Damn. And the other thing, this is something I think I mentioned on a very early episode, but for my wholesome pick, uh, I'm going, I'm assuming it, Gang will come back at some point or can hear me. Uh, for my wholesome pick, I'm going with Tony Hawk playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Uh, there's a at least one video. Oh, he's back. There he is. Um, <laughs> there, there's at least one video of Tony Hawk playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater that I just thoroughly enjoyed. I watched it probably close to a year ago now, and I'm sure it was good because I have wholesome memories of it. I'll have to dig it back up and find it. But any video where it starts, where you click on a video that's called Tony Hawk Plays Tony Hawk Pro Skater, and the video starts with Tony Hawk introducing himself as, hey, I'm Tony Hawk Pro Skater, and you're like, man, nobody's clicking on a video called Tony Hawk Plays Tony Hawk Pro Skater, not knowing what you are. Uh, so. I don't know. I mean, it's a, I think it's normal for him, right? Like, the amount of tweets you see about Tony Hawk just being like, I was in public and no one recognized me as Tony Hawk. Um, I think it's reasonable for him to just introduce himself on a video that he's the main person in. I suppose so, maybe. He uh, he said that he rode his skateboard when he was on Joe Rogan. He uh, told Joe that he rode his skateboard over from where he parked his car. And Joe was like, did anybody stop you? Like Tony Hawk on a skateboard. It's just like it's not very subtle, and he's like, no, no, I really say anything. Just, I was just on my way over. Okay, so yeah, maybe he is flying under the radar more than I would expect. But uh, anyway, that's my wholesome pick. I don't know how much of that you actually heard, but I'm sure you caught most of the general idea. Yeah, I caught the I caught the Tony Hawk, and I caught the one before that, the MKBHD and the flip phone. Cool. Well, what do you got? Um, well, I played pool after probably since pandemic and played some bowling and it was just great. Mm. I sort of missed those things. So it was sort of a wholesome, nice thing for me. Uh, I realized I'm not very good at pool. Not that I ever was, but I <laughs> somehow have gotten worse. Um, mm. I can make shots when I'm not aiming for them, and then I get all sorts of really cool trick shots in. Uh, but when I try to make a normal shot, it just ends up throwing the eight ball preemptively into the hole. But I wasn't even aiming for it. Um, so I end up losing, and that just was heavily embarrassing. Um, but bowling I did a little better at, because I figured out a twist technique. Uh, so instead of playing the normal 10-pin, I was playing the 5-pins, and they're they're a little spread apart. Mm -hmm. So you have to sort of twist the ball so that it hits, because if it goes in a straight line, it just takes one with it. But if you hit multiple, that's the, that's the way to go. Right. Yeah. 
So that was that was low key fun. I, I felt <laughs> like I was doing something. Uh huh. You know, and uh, yeah, and then the place I played the pool, I used to go there for trivia. It's a pub downtown, and every Wednesday they used to have trivia nights. Um, and I sucked at them. I only went there for the ones where it was either a TV show, or I could just order the vegetarian burgers they had. They had little sliders, and I felt like Popeye eating them really quick. Uh, and they don't have those on the menu anymore, so I don't know if I want to go again. But I was just happy to hear that they had the trivia nights back. Uh, so I might go there with my friends sometimes. And uh, uh, so those two were good, wholesome things that happened to me. The bad thing was, now that our province has mandated gy- masks, uh, my gym has this half policy now that you have to wear it in common areas. Just not mm-hmm. when you're at your equipment, you can take it off. So that puts me in this awkward position where I don't know what to do with my mask once I enter my station. I could pull it down. I don't want to put it on my wrist. And there's nowhere else to put it. So either I carry it in my pocket or I... Yeah, so I'm just a little unsure of it because it's been a while since I've had to deal with that. Uh, last time this policy was at the gym, it was you, you wear the mask constantly. So that was much easier to maintain. Uh, now it's you have to wear it in the common areas, and you can take it off when you're at your station. Um, yeah, so that's been sort of frustrating because I liked breathing when I worked out. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and breathing's overrated. It's. I mean, that's what all the dead people say. Yeah, not a single one of them is into it, and they've had the longest to make that decision. They really did. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's been sort of annoying. Uh, you know what else is annoying? Hosting your own databases. Hey! <laughs> Why don't you tell us how I could get away from having to host my own database again? Uh, well, funny you mentioned that because as the title of this episode mentions... Um, you could be hosting it on AWS. And Yeah, they have a service called Relational Database Systems. What would you know about that service? Uh, so I know a little bit uh, just because I've used it in the past and I'm on the team that makes it. Right, uh, so it's all written in Ruby. <laughs> it, that's, that's what, what I've, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> all the tools at least. Uh, no, the actual database is... Um, I, I don't think I'm at the liberty to say, uh, but it's not written in Ruby. Um, also, I, I guess I need to cover my corporate liabilities here. So anything I say on this podcast are my own thoughts and opinions and does not represent AWS in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Good, good job. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just remove that in editing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so relation database systems, as AWS does, they're a cloud provider, um, as they have, like, it's, it's their database version of EC2. They give you a machine with everything pre-configured and running, and you can connect to a database uh, at the end. Once they're done configuring, they'll give you a URL, username, password, and you can go crazy. Now you have a fully managed database system. And if you've ever managed your own, hosted your own, or talked to your ID provider, uh, hosting and managing databases 
is a massive pain in the butt. Uh, why? Oh, just because <laughs> uh, they require a lot of maintenance. Databases are not low maintenance like operating systems. They require constant provisioning, supervising, restarting a database is an absolute nightmare. Um, upgrading them is even worse. Um, patching them is somewhere in between there, but it's still not very fun. And yeah, maintaining state and, and ensuring you like have enough scalability uh, in anything. So if you don't want to deal with any of that nonsense, um, go to your closest and favorite cloud provider and host your own. Yeah, we've been trying to get to the latest version of Postgres since before I joined my current team. So I know that these things take time and trying to push those things through the ops team. There's a reason why they aren't wanting to, to have to do it. Like it's clearly a problem, even though I'm not the one doing the work working alongside them, even in some capacity, like they clearly aren't looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I get, I can see why, again, this is not an area that I'm super closely tied to, but that's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. And you know, if you were really taking advantage of the awesome cloud service, you could be just going onto the UI and clicking a button saying upgrade it to this version and it does it. It does that for you, and you don't have to deal with it. So, you know, just, uh, just, it's just got all the good things. Uh, do, do I just keep talking about all the good things? Yeah, because I don't know what other prompts to give you about the good things. You're, you're, already, right. you're already talking about them. Well, okay, and yeah, I, I like, I have managed and hosted my own database in the past. And it's not fun. I did it once for a professional project because I thought it would be cheaper. Uh, it was not. Um, I mean, the Postgres was free, but you still had to pay server cost. Uh, and scaling it up was an absolute nightmare. And I just didn't want to maintain it anymore. So switched over to RDS. And if you're just starting out, uh, it's part of the free tier. You can host your own little database to play around with for free for up to a year. Just crazy pants. <laughs> uh, uh, heads up though, the free tier database is really slow. Really slow. Like I had a really awesome um, Go app that was reading and writing to a database and it was struggling uh, to maintain the concurrency when I was giving it a lot of requests because the free tier database is only to experiment and not to run production workloads. Um, but yeah, it's there, because even if you're taking a college course, I, I know when I was in college, um, nobody teaches you how to maintain or host your own databases, because it's, when we took the database management course, IT provisioned and created them for us, and we just went in and ran commands. Everybody teaches you how to create tables properly, how to make sure your queries are good, tables are good, but no one wants you to go with the pain of running your own databases because everybody who's gone through it has not come out happy on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> That's why your ops people are so mean. Ops people are, as this developer on my team described to me, was you guys are the people who do weird black magic things that scare me. And he's not fully wrong. <laughs> because <laughs> it scares us too and that's why we're constantly grumpy mm. 
Um, but yeah, if you don't want to be that, um, switch to a cloud provider. Don't host your own. Um, yeah, because it's, yeah, again, mentioning the free tier, but let's talk about if you have the money. Sure. Um, yeah, so I think AWS RDS gives you every relational database that exists out there. So Microsoft SQL Server, Oracle, the licensing ones, the pricing is included in the licensing and whatever monthly you pay. And then they also have their Postgres, MySQL, or MySQL, or MySQL. So this, I, I was I was lied to. Uh, somebody told me one time, and I, I believe this is what I brought up on the show, if it wasn't a, just a discussion you and I were having separately, that the whole SQL thing was something that Microsoft made up as a naming mm-hmm. thing. But... According to something I just listened to about the history of databases, it's actually just a pun on the original language Quell. And so it was a sequel to Quell. So they just called it SQL. And it's, that's just the reason it's SQL is because there was a... Um, like a licensing uh, lawsuit of sorts about using the word SQL. So then mm. they, they had to use something else to represent SQL, but it's not SQL. It's the letters SQL, but they mean SQL because it's for the SQL to quell and the language is called SQL. So whoever told me originally that no, it's SQL and Microsoft made up SQL as the name, I believe might have had it backwards if this person was correct about the history of databases. Um, so that was interesting. And then just the mm-hmm. fact that uh, Postgres is a pun or a play on post ingress or po- yeah, post egress, egress, post egress, the controller, egress controller, ingress controller. Yeah, whatever, whatever it was, something grass. Uh, <laughs> but it was post that. And I was like, all right, so they've got puns on Quell, they've got Postgres being a, a pun as well, all of this stuff in tech is just always wordplay of some sort that's what they're all going for but that's a cool might be fact might be story that i don't know yeah 50 percent facts that's what i do (laughs) that's what that's what we pay you all the crypto for (laughs) this is what happens when i don't have somebody to contribute to the episode so much i just end up going on tangents (laughs) and that's what keeps it alive you know because there's not that much to talk about rds it's a database that runs on the cloud like like just just go use it they're not paying me to talk about it so this is the podcast you know uh anyways the yeah so whatever you know your your true choice of poison is uh for your database needs uh amazon also has their own i think it's called aurora and they're just like it's just mysql but better and uh, all the commands are analogous, like you could just use them between them or whatever. And yeah, go crazy on it. Uh, whatever database you need for your org or your project or your company. Um, yeah, all your relational needs in one place. And it's basically like infinitely scalable as well. So it's managed for you. And if tomorrow you wake up and say, hey, I need two terabytes of more storage and poured over all the data I currently have, you click five buttons and within given some amount of hours, it'll do it for you. Um, 
even different types of instances, maybe for whatever reason you're coring the database too much and it requires too much CPU, increase that. Click some buttons, deal with it, it'll be done. You, so long you pay for it, they'll manage everything for you. Uh, the downside to that though is if you wanted access to the host uh, and edit any OS level configs or any configs for the database, they have something called parameters that you can pass uh, through the UI and change some things, but any like deep configuration changes you might want to make uh, doesn't let you. So, and for the most part, you'll never need it unless you're like operating at an enterprise level and you really need to tweak something. Um, I think at that point, you probably have a contract with AWS and you have your own servers and if you want it, they'll do it for you. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's something that bothered me as a hobbyist because uh, I found some things and I wanted to play around with and tweak some configuration on the database and I just didn't have access to the database. I just have access to the schema and the tables but not the OS and that was sort of a downer for me but I'll trade that for not having to manage my own any day. Yeah, yeah, as a, as a deep learning, not deep learning, but as a tool for learning deeply about working with a database, it might not be the way to go. Uh, like you, because especially at that point, if you're literally just tinkering, you don't need something that's going to be hugely scalable and upgrade over time because it's, it's a small project that you're just messing with. Um, so that makes sense. But if, yeah, if you want things to stay up and stay patched and uh, not fail on you, paying somebody else to do that when that's their job is, is nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the, the point I'll mention very first, which is my favorite thing, is um, if you've ever tried to host your own databases, find there's all sorts of problems, you can do it. The real problem, the, the thing that will make you pull your hair out and not enjoy life is setting up a read-write replicas. Doing that successfully while appointing proper masters and making sure if there's a failover between the mas the if there's a failover in the read replica, the write replica gets appointed to it and vice versa and switching off hosts if there's a hardware failure and all those. Just having all of that happen behind the scenes for you just because you click checked a box and now you have two <laughs> databases and they're syncing almost perfectly all the time. Um, you do not realize how happy it'll make you until you do it yourself. Um, the read-write replica distinction is, I think, worth pretty much all the money for any database ever I've had to manage or had the misfortune to manage. Uh, because making databases highly available is hard um, because you have to maintain state. Maintaining state is not fun. Stateless applications, sure, scale them wherever you want, however you want, go crazy. Uh, databases with ACID compliance, good luck. Um, so yeah, that's one of my most favorite things because it does all of that for you, gives you the two URLs and says, if you want to read, hit this, if you want to write, hit this, and we'll take care of it. Just don't have state in your application, problem solved. Done. It's browser storage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's all a cookie. Everything's a lambda and a cookie. <laughs> That's what blockchain is, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> your browser is your ledger node, and you're good. Yeah, never change machines, never uninstall, never close your browser window. 
yeah, I mean, if you're doing that, should you even be using a computer? You know, everybody now has tons of Chrome tabs open, and uh, that's I think that's the future. That's where we're headed. Instead, ending friendship with databases. Now Redux is my new friend. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I, I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> Even as a joke, I'm realizing that it was so much worse than I realized. Yeah. He brings uh, up the, the Redux word. Um, it's, it's, what, it, it's what you need. It is cool, though. I was going to actually ask if you essentially got high availability for free, like not for free, but out of the box with yeah. RDS. And apparently uh, you essentially do. You'll pay yeah, for it, but you get yeah. it. Exactly. And it'll ask you, it'll say, like, are you running production workloads? And if you are, it'll say, do you want to create a read replica? Because you really should. And, like, it offers you all those things as you're going through it. And, yeah, it'll manage them all behind the scenes for you. I, I think this is public information, so I don't feel bad sharing it. But they have these really cool architectures behind the scene of anytime there is a failover, they'll auto-create something, point over. Like, their failover policies are really great and very preemptive. So if things like start to just look wrong, they'll just first first make sure your data and your service stays up, then do the debugging or throw alarms. Um, and of course, you get the CloudWatch integration of your CPU, RAM, queries, network information, everything, as opposed to you hosting your own and running some sort of Datadog agent to like monitor all of those things, um, which again, you can do, you're free to do so, but if everything's being done for you, why not be lazy? Isn't that the whole reason you went into DevOps? Because you're so lazy. You're trying um, to automate yourself out of a job. Exactly. It's if that's not the goal, leave DevOps. You know, don't don't even automate yourself. Manually write your resume and get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, in addition to read and write replicas, um, another big thing. Backups, backups, and restore. Um, it's just, just the bane of everyone's existence. Uh, in the pricing, backups are included for you, and they take hourly snapshots. Uh, I think you can configure more if you really wanted to make sure your data is like always getting backed up. And AWS does that for you, uh, and it's super easy to restore snapshots too. If something goes horribly wrong, couple of clicks, you're on your way. Uh, and there could be some race conditions there if you're like trying to figure out now where, where I'm going back to, how I'm going to get the data I need and all that. Uh, so talk to your AWS specialist for that, but 99.99% of the time, if you are having to restore from a backup, you could do like AB deployments. You could spin up a new database instance from the backup, move over the files to the existing database, whatever. Um, but having the functionality to have database backups constantly being done for you um, is crazy, crazy good, um, because the database backups can also get messy. You have to figure out, should I back up the whole disk? Should I be duplicating all these insert statements every time there is something being written on the database to replicate that? Um, what about indexes? How does cache gets taken over? And if you don't copy over the disk at the right time, there is data corruption when you try to reread from the disk. Uh, if you think it's as easy as just like zipping up a folder like WordPress databases, um, it's not, and it's <laughs> convenient. <laughs> uh, 
You just came in strong reality check there. Like, uh, just so in case you think that it's not. It it's not because I I tried I've tried like just doing because I thought I would find the best and most optimum way of you know backing up my own database, and it was like three months in before I found out that all of the backups I was taking were not good, um, and if anything had failed over, that would have been really bad. Mm. Um, and even with the cloud service, if you are worried about that. Starting, I think today, they announced a new service called Backup Auditing or something. So <laughs> for your database backups, you can audit them on the cloud of saying, hey, I know you guys are doing everything perfectly, but just in case, can you like really make sure it's good? And they'll be like, yeah, here's, a, here's another layer of guarantee for you. Well, we have said on the show before that you don't need QA because you have customers. Exactly. Production so, is the best QA. Yes. Yeah. So they'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Is your backup not good? They'll tell you. They'll tell you. That's like, where did all my data go? Yeah. I audited the backup and there was no backup. You're like, oops, I'll make a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Let's That's go. That's agile. That's how agile works. <laughs> yeah. And then the customer can still pay for it because they reported it. It's like reverse bug bounty, you know? They're paying for a service and finding bugs in it. Yes. Yeah. That's actually how most services work. That's how, yeah. That's how Sadly I feel true. about Spotify. Every time I open the app and it takes longer every single time I open it. I'm like, what is wrong with this app? Why is it so bad? I think they listened to our episode where I mentioned you can just throw time.sleep in your code. <laughs> There's some intern is like, I'm going to get so much credit in two months. <laughs> They have to hire me back. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, if you are a person who likes security, nah. um, yeah, okay, then never yeah. mind. Already, this is not for you. Yeah, leak all the data, please. All the data. Um, I mean, nowadays it's not that big of a deal because AWS forces you to have VPCs for everything now and forces you to have your private public subnets defined. Uh, most people just keep hitting public uh, just to get through the the dashboard and figuring out what they're doing. Don't do that. We'll do a different episode on VPC maybe. Uh, but RDS was one of the first services to have VPC support where they said, okay, we know people love their databases and don't like it when other people touch it. So we can set up VPCs so that only certain EC2 instances can access it. Uh, they also manage a pretty good ACL list, so you could just whitelist certain IPs um, on there if you just wanted a like, couple of things to access it. But uh, VPC security group within AWS uh, databases access works really well. And yeah, they also have encryption at rest in case you didn't trust your own servers either uh, for leaking the data or whatever. Um, yeah, if it's a public database, maybe that you would need REST encryption. But um, but yeah, the more encryption you add, just remember it does slow down the performance, but you have to pick. Do you want speed or do you want anonymous to have all your data? So. Probably, uh, I was trying to remember how you phrased them and I was gonna say either neither or both, but now I can't, I can't remember how they were phrased. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. Nathan forgot what he was talking about. Yeah. Sign up today. <laughs> um, 
and uh, yeah stopping starting databases um, you can if you wanted to like save money and for whatever reason you don't write anything to your database all night it is per demand pricing the pricing models are really good for RDS uh, you could just turn your database off when you don't need it turn it back on and it's so much easier than you having to sudo reboot and sudo turn off your own machines um, and you can save all that all that cash cash money uh, but I don't know how much you're making if you have to turn off your databases nightly. You know, that, that might be mildly concerning. Shots fired. <laughs> Maybe you're a university. Maybe you know you turn off all these databases. But then that's also a horrible idea because most college students work overnight. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what scenario you would do that. But if you wanted to turn off your databases for some reason, there's an option. Yeah, um, maybe you're doing a government project and you know that nobody works after 5 p.m. That's true. So you just or on Mondays. All, you just turn it all off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then if you're a government project, you just host your own really awesome, reliable cloud platform. Yeah, yeah. Because you wouldn't want to use an actual cloud platform because that would be unsafe. No. But hosting your own will be very safe and very stable. Be. Yeah. Even though, you know, every... Uh, cloud provider now basically is compliant with whatever government information you need or certifications you need. They'll find one for you for the service, but uh, that's too much work, you know. Mm. And then you can just run your own, have a team in an awesome province, somewhere in a state that catches on fire constantly, uh, looking all over your servers. Um, Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it was Moving all on. hypothetical. Yeah, it was all. Yeah, none of that happened to us at all. <laughs> um, and the last point I have is it's also hooked up into Beanstalk and I think Lightsail. So if you wanted to host your awesome stateless application that needs a database like WordPress or whatever you are writing, whatever all the cool kids are doing these days, I don't know what it is. Um, you can hook that up. It's two services really well tied together within AWS and you just click a bunch of buttons and it'll do everything for you. I don't think I've heard of LightSail. What is LightSail? Oh, so LightSail is sort of like AWS's version of um, DigitalOcean or whatever. They'll just say you can go into AWS on going to LightSail and just be like, all right, I'll pay $3 or $5 a month give me a Linux machine with a hosted URL and WordPress pre-installed or Python pre-installed or whatever. So it's basically if EC2 came with a software package, because that's what right. LightSail does in the background anyways. It'll yeah. generate an EC2 instance, throw a public IP on it. You could hook it up to Route 53 and your um, ACM for mm -hmm. your SSL needs. Yeah. And it integrates into all of that really well. So for people who don't want to go through all these 50 different services and issues, um, they just go into LightSail, provision a machine, it'll just say, this is how much it's going to cost you every month, and it'll handle all the network traffic or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, because for it, some people it might be like too overwhelming, right? Go through the EC2 dash one and be like, what instance type do I need? Why is there 40 of them? Uh, you could just go to LightSail and it'll say, okay, It'll handle this much. This is the CPU and RAM it has. This is the network load it can handle, and you pay this much a month. And then you can choose one based on your need, and it'll filter down the 
types for you if you're like, I just want a Python app or I just want a... It's mostly for like web apps if you're hosting anything, yeah. Neat. No, it's cool that they have something like that because over the years I've uh, given AWS a lot of uh, flack for being completely inaccessible to anybody who just wants to use it. My my uh, like log line for a while was, if I need a certification to do anything on your platform, maybe your platform wasn't made for normal people. And that's why you have competitors like DigitalOcean that don't make things as difficult. So it's good, good that there is something like that, even though I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's way too many services, man. Um, but that's their that's that's what Amazon is, right? They're just like we're gonna do everything, and we're just gonna be the most customer centric platform on earth. Pretty sure that's their tagline. So yeah, that's just. There's a service for everything. There's Now they have managed Redis. I mean, they had it before, but now they have their own version of Redis, um, which I'm not sure what it is fully. I just saw memes about it. Um, so once <laughs> I've done enough research, I'm sure we can do an episode about it as well. Okay. Yeah, but that was all the thing I had on my mind about RDS because, again, it's just a cool it's just managed database and then anything else to talk about is actual database stuff which we've done an episode in the past go listen to it yeah so i guess when would somebody not want to use it um if your service is like really small and like for any production load i would say even if you have a small app use it because um, if you need scalability which you will at some point it's great if you don't there's the free tier or the cheap tiers is really cheap and you can just delete it whenever you want. And yeah, cause again, just running your own database, unless you're doing local development, right? Then sure, just spin up a Docker container, do whatever, uh, install Postgres locally and test things out. Or you may not want to use it if again, you're doing it for hobby sake and you just want to see how you can tweak different databases, configuration files, play around with it. Um, yeah. But if you need a database reliably storing data, don't host it on the same server as your application. Don't just have it anywhere, you know, where there, there's a chance it'll lose data. Use a managed service. It's not that expensive. Uh, and you will be much more grateful that you didn't lose your data than for saving, I don't know, three bucks a month or something. Yeah. Yeah, for someone like me, there'd be no no question. I'm not going to try to manage my own database. I just, I'm not interested. Uh, but I've also, every time I've tried, failed to connect anything to my database on AWS. So uh, there is that as well. Uh, always some. I'm assuming it's always some sort of port issue where I haven't done something quite right. Yeah, probably a VPC thing. Probably, yeah. Now yeah, that I just... know, because I haven't tried in a couple of years, now that I know more about how the actual architecture of AWS works and what half the terms mean, whereas before I knew like two of them, uh, that that I'm sure would make debugging a lot easier. But I just remember the numerous times I've sat there being like, I'm pretty sure if I just put enough time into this, I'll figure it out. And then after like the entire day being like, I guess I can't. And <laughs> just gradually figuring out how to tear everything down. So yeah. don't, don't be like me. Learn. 
learn things, what things are first, uh, instead of trying to jump in and, and then just blaming AWS. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, uh, I did work with somebody at my previous, or the previous company before, I guess the company we both worked at. Um, there was a time when one of the devs I knew provisioned a RDS database, and he created a public VPC, but he set the database to private. Uh, so it was like, my VPC is public, I can access all the EC2 instances, why can't I access the database? Uh, and that was because we went into the database settings and there was a flag that said allow public access and he hit no on that. And we were like, this is why. This is why you can't connect to it. Uh, and it was like, oh, okay. It was, yeah. Somehow it's it's still in your face and it's still hidden enough. Um, so yeah, just look out for things like that when you're creating it because it might be under a different flag. It might be that it's in your public VPC, but since you've said disallow public access, it's working off of a negative list where it'll say, okay, no to everybody except the IPs you've whitelisted kind of thing. Yeah. Because databases are, you know, that's where all your data goes and they take security very seriously. So they, they'll try as much as they can so people don't steal your data, but at the end of the day, it's on you. Right, I always enjoy with S3 when you set up a S3 website and it's constantly yelling at you, even though it's set up to be a website where it's like, no, I need them to be able to access the index.html page. They're like, are you sure you want this to be publicly accessible? Like, yes, yes, I do. And they're like, sir, yeah. sir, <laughs> sir, this is your data, sir. Other people can see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. These are <laughs> static JavaScript files. Calm down. I know what I'm sharing here. It's okay. Uh, just in case you don't, sir. Sir, yeah. we must remind you. Yeah, they're big. They're big aggressive warnings. So it is. They are trying to, you know, make sure you know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, two hours ago, uh, Microsoft just announced that they had a big hack that um, a lot of customers' data from databases uh, might have leaked. Oh no! So Things probably gonna ruin my MMR now. They're gonna log into my Rocket League account. Gonna play some, a pro's uh, account was actually compromised in the last week, so. Damn. It could be me next. First. It could uh, be. Yeah. First it was Stake, I think, was the guy, and now it's gonna be me. I'm basically, Just make sure basically you, a pro it, now. So I'm trying to say. <laughs> If maybe that's what they're doing, maybe they're getting rid of all the other pros, so you can be the pro. Yeah, yeah. Straight from low diamond up to the pro scene. Uh, I have absolutely nothing to add to this dis database discussion at this point. So if you have questions about databases after this episode, which I'm sure you do, because we can talk about databases, look at our databases episode. Exactly. And if you still have questions, hit us up. Yeah, yeah. message again. Yeah, I love talking about databases. It's basically his favorite thing. That's where all the data goes. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Hey. All right. So if that's that, then do you have anything that you want to talk about for do-betters since 48 hours ago? Yeah, because in the last 48 hours, I've had a midlife crisis, basically. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So some of you may not know this, uh, but Nathan and I had this talk after the last recording where he made me basically question everything in my existence and life. To be clear, I was having the existential crisis first. <laughs> That's true. And then true. I passed it on to Ken. 
<laughs> and now we're both just having it. But yeah, so let's hear about this. How, yeah. how would you resolve things since then? So I've decided to shove it deep down by doing a whole bunch of things. It's Perfect. the way I cope. I'm just like, I can't <laughs> not be certain about things, uh, which is life, you know? That's life. That's life. Uh, so I've decided that I will be... Um, doing so i created a new schedule for myself so a couple of weeks ago i created a family schedule to call people on my family to be a better family person mm -hmm. um it's not going very well because it turns <laughs> out limited talking to family is good and when the time zone is 13 hours ahead um and you sleep super early and wake up way too early um, time zones don't really align because by the time I wake up, it's their evening and they're doing things. Mm -hmm. And by the time they're free, I'm going to bed. And then on the weekends, I'm usually out, so it's not lining up very well. Uh, but I had good intentions, um, which is what I tell myself <laughs> so I can sleep early. <laughs> um, anyways, after the crisis, I decided I need to add more relatively productive things to my day-to-day, uh, -day, um, or at least feel like I am more in, feel okay with the fact that I'm not okay. So I just need to, you know, uh, do do better at that. So. I have added some more, I've created a schedule for myself so that at any time I'm on my phone, I have this schedule in front of me that I can look at and just be like, all right, I should be doing this and not being on my phone, um, which for today has worked immensely well. I have like barely looked at my phone, mm -hmm. but I'm sure the moment the motivation dies, I'll <laughs> at least maybe hopefully have built enough discipline to power through it. Mm. Um, yeah. So I added that. I created a little tracker for myself. So now I'm sort of gamifying the goals I want to achieve uh, for like having consistent meditation practice or reading things. So anytime I have to like erase it back to zero, uh, I think maybe that'll, I don't know, I'll figure something out. Or if I am reaching a certain milestone, maybe I'll like celebrate a little bit by buying pies or uh I don't know, eat, having three scoops of pre-workout instead of normal one and a half. <laughs> what a way to celebrate. Yeah, well, the brain is doing all this work, you know, so it needs the craving. So it <laughs> needs to feel good. I, I'm not a negative reinforcement guy, I've noticed. Uh, apparently, I was in college. I would just starve myself so I can get work done. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just be hungry and angry. So I'll just say, okay, I'll eat when this is done. So I'll just like be angry and get the thing done which in hindsight if i just eaten i'd probably get it done quicker because i'll have energy and brain power uh -huh. um but i was in college and no one is smart all right if grades were a measure of intelligence then i was a very smart kid and the example i just gave does not <laughs> support that statement all right so <laughs> i was somehow a straight a student and did dumb shit like this um, <laughs> anyway, so did a little gamifying thing. So hopefully we'll see how that goes. Uh, it is just, I just keep trying things and keep jumping off things. So, so long things are working and I don't fall into a depression hole again. Life is good. Life is good. Um, yeah. And just adding more reading. Like I said before, uh, I'm doing this thing that I like heard about it in a podcast where they said, leave a book in every like 
surface of your apartment wherever you normally like would go sit or would like take a little break and be on your phone um so i now have a book by my like desk one by my bed one on my dining table and one by the um the coffee table because that's where i spend a lot of time because i'll sit there and it's right next to the remote so every time i sit down i'll have to like make a conscious choice of maybe i should watch tv or maybe i should just pick up the book um yeah so we'll see how that goes i ordered myself a kindle so that i can do a little bit more reading here and there because uh, i hate reading on my phone it's one of my least favorite things so hopefully the kindle will be a little better and it's waterproof so i could sit in the pool and read uh, mm. and it's vancouver so everything should be waterproof anyways um <laughs> yeah those are some of my do better on making sure i don't go crazy or depressed Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Not being depressed is tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I uninstalled Duolingo a couple of days ago, and that was good. I forgot to mention it because I don't know if actually I don't know if I did it before. It might have been right after we recorded last time. Mm. Uh, but I talked about it months ago at this point, and how I said I should do it. And they recently either pushed an update or my phone just gave up. And every time I'd open it, it would freeze. And mm. it would take three plus attempts to get it to not be frozen when I tried to use it. So I was like, I already know I don't get anything out of this app anymore. And then last time I tried to use it, it froze three times. And then I was really annoyed. So it froze a fourth time. And I said, like, all right, last chance duo. If you freeze this time, I'm uninstalling it. And I opened it up and it froze immediately. So I closed the app, uninstalled it, and I'm no longer hooked on Duolingo. So that's good. Damn. Um, I'm surprised the like owl didn't like fly through your window and start beating you up. Yeah. You were almost at 700 days. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, no, so that's good. I'm not, not wasting 20 plus minutes of my day every day now on not learning French. So that's that's good. I was actually happy about that. Uh, oui, 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 oui. Trying to <laughs> trying to kick that for a while. And it's just the, uh, you know, seeing the number go up. It's too hard. You've got a streak like that. It's hard to break it. So I uh, did that. And there's not a whole lot else to really say because it hasn't been that long since we last recorded. But still trying to figure out what I'm going to do for hiking plans. I have some other ideas now uh, that I'm not going to share on the show. Just because, again, I feel weird saying when and where I'm, I might be at any given time. So won't be too specific about that. But still figuring out what hiking plans I'm going to do. Mm. And, uh, yeah, hoping to get that in before the days get any darker or rainier or shorter. Because that's happening real fast. It's just like summer just suddenly went away. It was summer, and then three days later, it was deep into fall. Yeah, it was like 24 degrees one day, and it's hot, and I like come from a hike that is completely dried up waterfall. And two nights later, it's like 16 degrees at night, and I'm like, oh, it's, it's getting colder. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that happened quick. But I, I, I'm okay. I prefer the idea of it being cooler earlier rather than the usual August, which is typically the worst month 
for me where it's just super hot for a couple weeks and usually we get smoke rolling in. I would gladly take clouds and a bit of rain over a heat, a heat wave plus smoke for two weeks. So I'm okay with it, but it does remind me of how quick the summer is coming to an end. So gotta spend some time outside like you've mentioned in the last couple episodes and hopefully I'll find something fun to do. Oh, and yeah. kayak. It's mm. on my calendar. I'm going to go kayaking. So Heck hopefully yeah. they don't cancel it again. Yeah. And go buy some vitamin D. Yeah, I'll have to do that soon. I'm still getting plenty of sunlight at this point. But mm. that will be changing real soon. I have some still in the, cl- in the cupboard there. But I'll have to pick up more because I'm sure it's going to go out of stock real quick. Yeah. I've learned that apparently they have sp- it in spray form. Like you just spray it on your tongue. Which seems hella convenient, but also weird. I'm just, I'm not sold, but I'm intrigued, because um, I've been just doing the tablets so far. There's nothing else in my life that I spray in my mouth, so I, I don't see a reason why I would be like, you know what I really needed, like the tablets were too much. I, what I wanted is just to be able to spray the vitamin D, the yeah, fake, the fake sun <laughs> onto my face. Yeah. Did you never go through that phase where, you know, mouth fresheners were big and people were just like constantly spraying their mouths? No. Because you didn't kiss anybody? Nerd! I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to fair, I never bought one any, but either. I was, yeah. was going to blame it on Petrolia, but yeah. It was most, <laughs> mostly because I was unlovable. <laughs> um, that's the show, everybody. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.